I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. My name is Tom Crane and with me, as always, is the wonderful, joyful, delightful Simran Shah. See, I just had to, I added a couple in there because I felt like you weren't going to offer them up. So I thought I would instead. Let's just quickly interrogate those two options you've gone for there. Uh, what, you've gone with joyful? What, would, you, would you say well, you're, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair approximation. I'm full of the joys of life. The joie de vivre. Delightful's a weird one, isn't it? Delightful. What does that feel like? What, 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 what in life would be delightful? I think a surprise is delightful, isn't it? If you, yes. If, a long lost friend. Okay, right, yeah. It's delightful to see you after so long. You know, it'd be delightful if you just turned up at my house. I'd be like, yeah, what a joyful delight it is to see you, Tom. I think your first reaction, though, considering I live like an hour away from you, would be, this is weird that he's just turned up out of nowhere rather than this is delight. Your initial reaction would be, this is a, this is a little bit strange. And then it would be, well, I suppose they've got to let him in. Yeah. And then it would be, oh, actually, I think after a, after a beer and a bit, a bit of chat, you'd maybe then think it's delightful. But your initial reaction would be, this is quite strange. Worrying. It's what the initial reaction would be worried and concerned. But to be honest, I think your first reaction would be, oh, she's left him <laughs> and I need to get the sofa bed out. Have you had a good week, Tom? I have had a good week. Uh, my wife is still with me. Uh, I, I have had a good week, actually. And I, I went away to Norfolk, actually, this week. I had oh, yeah. fish and chips twice, two cracking fish and chip takeaways. And I ate them on the beach as well, which is exactly how you should have fish and chip takeaways. Did you have them on the same day? No, I, uh, I'm i not I'm not quite that low. I, I had them on a Monday, then I left it a day, and then I had it on the Wednesday. Did you eat all the chips? I did eat all the chips, yes. And I also had a batter sausage, which I claim was sent by mistake, but wasn't. I'd ordered it. Oh, my God, yeah. did you? So you had you ate all the fish, all the chips, and you had a battered sausage. Part of the question, did you have tartar sauce with it? Did you have chips, mayonnaise, malt vinegar, or ketchup? Can I surprise you? I had all five, and that is not a lie. Yes, you did. That's why I love you. That's why we do this podcast. I'm a completist. I'm a completist. So, Simran, far more important than my fish and chip order, who have we got coming on the show this week? We have the very funny... Esther Minito. Uh, she, by the way, is our first guest, I think, who has a real problem with plates. It really feels like she 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 hates plates on quite a deep level. Like she was she was once wronged by a plate. They are not for her. <laughs> they are not for her. And Esther is performing uh, in London, where you can catch her at Soho Theatre from this Thursday to Saturday before her Hell Hath No Fury tour continues in earnest from September. And you can find full details and buy tickets at her website, which is estermanito.co.uk. That's 
E-S-T-H-E-R-M-A-N-I-T-O.co.uk. Estamanito. And Esther really is a fantastic stand-up. Genuinely uh, one of the best acts around. And she was also an absolute joy to talk to. A delight even. Hello. Look at that. So neat. You're such a brilliant presenter, Simran. <music> Esther. I think you might be someone who sympathises with this. I look quite stressed because I've just come off the bedtime from hell with my children. Oh, yeah, it's... I just don't bother. I just wait for them to pass out. I think that's another podcast. I think we've put you with the wrong podcast, Craig. There is such a problem with sleep and bedtime in the parenting community that bedtime from hell alone as a podcast would work. For me, that is 80% of my stress as a parent is bedtime related. I know. And yeah, it's really hard to stay tolerant. How old are they? So I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. But the oh, okay. stress is when you have a deadline and you know you're going to be meeting someone at half eight or recording something and it's uh, 8.26 and they're going mad and the gruffalo's being cut through across the room and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you are in the absolute pits of it. I now, I now just go to bed. They'll just sort themselves out. I can't be doing with it anymore. <laughs> But I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> Esther, have you got your takeaway with you? Yeah, I've put some in a little bowl. Mate. Have you? Yeah. It's in the bowl. You've already decanted. You're like, no, normally people have some self-restraint. <laughs> no, you eat it whichever way you like. Can you tell us what's in your takeaway? Or what takeaway you ordered? That's a normal way of asking the question, isn't it? <laughs> what's in, in your takeaway? What's in your takeaway? Such Here we a are. weird 30 episodes in. <laughs> if, you could, if you could describe every ingredient... So where have you ordered from and what have you ordered? There I've ordered from my local Indian, which is Moha beer, which I'm a little bit particular about because when your producer said, what do you want? I knew I wanted an Indian, but if it wasn't from my local Moha beer, I was going to go for tandoori chicken. But when he said, you get to choose the place that we order from, then I went for a prawn madras. So where, where is Moha beer? It's in South Woodford and it's my favourite Indian and the reason why I love their madras or their spicy curry is because they use chilli, not just loads of chilli powder. Ah, okay. So you've got whole chilies in there? Yeah, you've got proper chopped up chilies. Would you eat a chilli whole or you're, you're nodding away there? Or no, wait, reconsidering. If it was cooked, I'd eat it whole. Okay. I wouldn't be able to eat a raw chilli whole. <laughs> I've never done it. You're all right there. Because if you see a curry that has a full length chilli and it's split down the middle, floating inside the sauce, you think, this is authentic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been bitten way too many times when you've ordered a madras and it's just shed loads of chilli powder because it doesn't taste the same. You are still very, very young, obviously. But I have found as I have got older, I become less able to take chilli and heat to the extent that I now have to remove fresh chilies from things I'm eating in a way that five, ten years ago, I would have been absolutely fine. But now I have to get rid of them. Oh, no. What does it do? Is it the old heart then? <laughs> well, we've got a lot of emails from people saying they eat as they listen to this show. So I think me describing how I react to a chilli would not be the kind. <laughs> yes, this week, yeah, yeah. But you, you're still okay with, with, with hot chilies. As he makes these make no difference. No, I never used to be able to. Yeah, I've definitely built up a tolerance to the point now where it doesn't matter how many chilies are in. I don't seem to get affected by it. Wow. That's a bit of a brag, isn't it? <laughs> That's a bold claim. That's a brag. When I'm cooking, I put chilies in. I would happily put like eight, nine little bird's eye chilies in. Eight or nine? And I wouldn't think anything of that. Even if you're cooking for your partner or your children, are you still doing that? And how are they reacting? Are they screaming <laughs> yeah. and crying? <laughs> my, my, kids are, my kids are regularly in A&E. No, 
I would never put chili in the kids' food. My partner, he claims he can take it, but then he just sits there kind of, he's just doing it to be an obed. But so he's just like, oh, yeah, no, I can, I can handle it. And then he gets really angry that he's sweating and, and struggling. Are you offering a pint of milk and some yogurt alongside all of your dishes as well, just in case that is too much chili? Yeah, I just keep all the toilet roll in the freezer, that kind of that kind of thing. But no, yeah, so I tend to I tend to make a separate one for me, or I tend to cook up loads of chili that I can then put in. I've never visualized to put on in a freezer. I just say that that's the first. Thing. It is a thing people do. Is it? Yeah, I I have heard of that before. You you keep a cold loo roll for cases of emergency. Who's doing that? Apparently some people are organised enough to do that. Although I would suggest if you're in a situation where you're on the toilet and you're in that sort of emergency, that means you're going to have to waddle downstairs with your trousers around the ankle, open the freezer and get the... I've got to say, there are certain cooking precautions like preheat the oven, stick the toilet roll in the freezer. Like, no. <laughs> oh, no if you were not going to... If you were too embarrassed to walk over to the freezer to get out, you're going to have to shout. Yeah. And you grabbed a little one at the freezer, please. At a dinner party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so you mentioned up there about getting used to heat. Because Ellis James, who's a guest we've had on before, he did a thing called Project Heat. Right. I think it was called Project Spice, more than one. Project Spice, where he slowly edged up the amount of spice he was having to a point now where he can have whatever he wants. Was it similar to you? What was your What was your story? Uh, we moved to India. Oh, wow. That is so much better than what Ellis did. You've <laughs> absolutely gazumped him there. That is a, the most perfect opening sentence to an answer there. So, it was simply to conquer spice that you moved to India, no other reason. It was only for that. It was purely my husband's ego. Was, I'm, not, I'm sick of the fact that you can eat a vindaloo and I can't. We're moving to India. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he, um, my husband's job moved over there, so we moved over there. I think I just got more and more used to the food. And then I just, I think I didn't really ever use chili or think about chili really as a as an ingredient so it wasn't till it was being used the dried chilies you know the red dried chilies and they yeah. were being used a lot and i just loved those and like them because we we're in south india and they were used a lot in like samba dishes and stuff and i was just like oh, i'm really getting into chili and then i just developed this obsession with it so where were you living in india i was in chennai which used to be called madras yes which is what you've ordered tonight oh so there you go Full circle. Can I ask a question about, about the chilies? Are you using chilies in your other dishes as well? Or is it just curries in which you're putting in eight to nine? I've put them in a curry. I put them in like a stir fry. I put it in a chili con carne. But I wouldn't put them in things like bolognese, things like that. Okay, fine. Thank you for answering the question that I had on my mind. <laughs> when you were living in Chennai, were you eating Indian food every day? And did you ever get tired of eating it? No. That's the right answer. My family growing up, if we had a takeaway, it was Indian. Maybe fish and chips occasionally, but we never had Chinese. We never had like pizza. It was always Indian takeaway. So my mum would eat a lot of curries and she would make a lot of curries. And my dad was really into like the dry dishes, like the tandoori dishes. Right. So I always had Indian takeaways. Like that was my favourite. And then when we moved to India, because it's always been like my favourite food, my second favourite food is Lebanese food because that's where my family are from and I love Lebanese food. But Indian is always my go-to food of choice. So eating it every day, I was just like, no, I absolutely didn't get sick of it once. Obviously, as is a takeaway podcast, did you experience takeaway food in Chennai? Were, were you were the street food, for example, that sort of thing? Was that something you were into when you were out there? Do you know what? We moved there before we got married and I was like, yes, I'm going to get brown I'm going to lose loads of weight. I'm going to look amazing <laughs> on my wedding day. I didn't get ill once. I didn't get food poisoning once. And my husband 
got so ill that my mother said that he looked like Rodney Trotter when we were walking down the aisle. He was like, he's got so thin. But no, I mean, we tried loads of things that I never really got ill. But in terms of takeaways, we used to get a lot of North Indian takeaways. Um, yeah. So there was a like a restaurant, like just a quick pickup restaurant called Punjabi Darba, where we'd go and just get curry and rice and, and Papa John's and stuff just to take home, like takeaway. And we used to get Malaysian takeaways quite a lot. Oh, lovely. Okay. Like Malaysian curries and stuff. Let's talk through. So what, what is your dream go-to Indian meal from Papa Tom's through to the end, including size? What, I mean, what, what have you just ordered the madras or have you ordered size tonight? What, what do you normally I've, go for? So I normally go for a madras. Uh, pilau rice, spinach, and then a raita, so the yogurt with onion, and poppadoms. It's all in the bowl. No, the poppadoms aren't in the bowl. Okay, okay, okay. So what's exactly in the bowl? In the bowl <laughs> is the rice, the spinach, the curry, and some yogurt. When you're going to eat it, are you stirring it all together? No. It's compartmentalised within the bowl. Yeah, but I really, I don't like eating off a plate, and I don't know what that's about. I genuinely don't know what's about, but I always eat out of a bowl. You don't like eating off a plate. No, I don't know why. I just like a bowl. I'm the direct opposite. So let's get into this because I, I hate eating curry from a bowl. It feels completely wrong. So give me the big sell on why it's right from a bowl then. No, but it's not just curry. It's everything. Really? I wouldn't eat anything from a plate. I, I hate a plate apart from a roast dinner, I think. Give us the big sell on why, on why we should destroy all plates. I can't even argue. It's just lunacy. I don't know whether it's something just about holding it. You'd love a Greek wedding. That you'd absolutely love it, where they're smashing the plates <laughs> left, right, and centre. You'd be up punching the air, going. Do you know what I did? One. This is probably why I have to eat out of a bowl. We had a mass. Me and my sister had a massive row once, and I just picked up all the plates that were stacked on the table and just smashed them all on the floor. What does that feel like to smash someone's plate collection? What was funnier was that I'd smashed all the plates, and then there was just this voice behind me, which was my husband, just going, "Oh, that's all our plates." Oh. <laughs> the next day I came down, he's eating his breakfast off like a side plate. So that's why you're into bowls. You don't only own any plates. Don't have any plates. That's you're the problem. Smashable. Smash them all. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, so you're giving us a sell on why you think bowls are better. I actually don't know what it is. I just, I think it's that I quite like eating with a spoon. And I like the fact that you can scrape it. And I like the fact that you can hold it, I think, in one hand whilst you eat with the other hand. Whereas in with a plate, it would have to be flat palmed, wouldn't it? Okay. And I'm not. I'm not somebody who likes to sit and eat at the table. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, so if you're eating a takeaway, so you're, you're, you're sat at a table now, it might be that. That's interesting. I think we've just discovered what it is. So how would you normally eat a takeaway? I'd probably sit on the sofa, you know, when you're curled up on the sofa, bowl, takeaway. And is the bowl on your, on, your, on your lap? Yeah, I reckon so. Have you got like a different range of bowls? Because the thing is, is I feel like if you decide to remove all plates from your life, then I think you're going to really invest in bowls. I haven't. I haven't. Okay, look, <laughs> we do have plates. I went out and bought new plates. Apologetically, yeah. I went and bought all new plates. Uh, so we do have plates and the rest of the family eat off plates. And we've got little plastic plates for the kids and then normal size dinner plates and side plates. I just don't like a plate. Okay, that's fair enough. I've realised, Simran, there is a slight loophole in my bowl hatred, which is that I would not enjoy Chinese food from a normal size bowl but i do enjoy it from the tiny little bowls that you get in a chinese restaurant so what is that I, I i need to pick a lane i don't know tom and do you enjoy soup from a plate i sort of forget forget what you're like on that one i hate soup so it's not an issue i think soup is terrible i'm not up for soup but you know when you're really hungry and then someone's like i've got soup that solved nothing that's it <laughs> it's like oh really have you got a drink perfect is, is your problem with soup the same as mine which is that 
there's never any surprise. Every mouthful is exactly the same as the previous one, and you know it's yeah. the same as the last one. It's just relentless. My problem with soup is when people correct you and say it's something that you eat and don't drink. And I just want to say, ah, oh, fuck off. You slurp it, mate. You don't even drink it. It's a slurping sound. You actually eat soup? Do you? Okay. Are you chewing that? Are you chewing that soup? <laughs> Do you feel that way about, like, a ramen? Also, I'm not hugely into ramen either. Don't mind a ramen. I mean, you're not hugely into ramen. Why not? Is it, is it because there's a bit of soup in there? So my wife loves a ramen, and I think for me, it's once again that soupy thing. It's just, oh, it's just, I can't believe this is still going. And you hate your wife, so you won't, you won't eat it. It feels like I'm in some kind of competition where I have to finish it to win a t-shirt. It just never ends. I love Simran's logic that you hate soup and you hate your wife, and she likes ramen, so you hate ramen. <laughs> That's what you just said. It was sort of what I said, yeah, and I stand by it. The fact that Claire likes ramen and you refuse to eat it, I think, says something. My husband, he eats those mackerels in a tin. I love that. It's like World War II food. Yeah, agreed. I love that. I love getting right down to the trenches, opening up that mackerel. Do you? Eating it straight, smoking a cigarette without a filter and going off and defending the Allies. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose they're killing the Allies. What inside of my one? What about a herring? You find, I, I like a herring. I like a little pickled herring. I do like a herring. I like a small fish. Mackerel's too big for me, but a little herring, I do quite like that. No, but the tinned mackerel, it's all small when it's in like this tomatoey sauce and it stinks. Ooh. I do feel like he does, he could happily live on this kind of like World War II diet of like spam and herring, not herring, mackerel. So I'm now imagining you, the way you've described it, you eating the hottest curry in the world sat on your sofa while next to you, your husband eats mackerel straight from the tin. Yeah. Oh, God, that, that's us. It's good that you're still keeping it sexy. <laughs> and the toilet rolls in the freezer. We're just a really sensual exactly. couple. There's all smells and aromas and sounds. So, Esther, growing up, you said that you would always eat an Indian takeaway. Is that because it was the only takeaway that was available? Or is it because you had a real passion for South Asian cuisine? You had pizza takeaway and Chinese takeaway and an Indian takeaway. And that's just what my parents preferred. But I think with the Chinese, what I never really got my head around is that I'd be around friends' houses and they'd order Chinese but with chips. Yeah. Yes. And I think that then, rightly or wrongly, but it kind of put me off Chinese for a long time because I was like, the chips you get from the Chinese are never as good as the chips from the chip shop. I didn't really understand the combo. Have you ever had the salt and... Pepper chips from a Chinese takeaway, though. No. They are surprisingly good. And obviously covered in MSG, and that's probably why they're enjoyable. But they are good. I do like a Chinese now, I've got to say. And what would you get when you do get it? What's it let's, let's, let's go for your Chinese takeaway order. What, what do you normally get for that? Oh, chili, crispy, shredded beef. Correct. Correct decision. Correct. Yep. Absolute winner. I like to have a noodles and an egg fried rice. Oh, really? Can't just be like one. No. Double carbs. Double carb, yeah. Double carbs. And then maybe something in like a black bean sauce or an oyster sauce. Okay, nice. Yeah. Have you had yellow bean sauce? That's what I've gone to recently. Yellow bean sauce is really good. But yellow bean sauce with cashew nuts. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a really good combo. Is this all being decanted into a bowl? Yes. I w- I'm interested in this. Do you know what? I've never really talked about it or thought about it. You're about to talk about it in some serious granular detail, so it's trapping. <laughs> Well, when you were decanting your Chinese takeaway, because this is something that I was just doing a couple of days ago, when you take the plastic lid off the Tupperware, are you getting a spoon, spooning it into your bowl or plate or whatever, or are you lifting the whole Tupperware 
and pouring it in and then taking it out from from the Tupperware straight onto the plate. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I would use, well, <laughs> I can see John being like, fucking hell, he's going deep on this. No, to be honest, if you want to know what I was thinking there, I really just, you know, when you something comes into focus and you realise what this podcast is after three and a half series, I love that this is what we discuss. <laughs> it's completely unapologetically how do you scoop stuff out of Tupperware and long may it continue. And this is what people email us about as well, as well, we'll keep it going. What is the answer to that? I am genuinely interested. I would use a spoon and spoon it in, but with noodles, you've got to lift it up and scrape with a fork. Yes, agreed. No one is, is trying to take... A psychopath is trying to put noodles into a bowl with spoon that is mad is that how they should test if someone's a psychopath as they're brought into prison there's simply a there's a tupperware of noodles on the, on the side and a fork and a spoon and see which they go for how are you going to transfer how are you going to transfer these noodles into this bowl bang to right this guy definitely did it <laughs> what sort of takeaway order are you in general though are, are you someone who are you are you do you risk new things do you order the same stuff are you an over order how, how would you describe your style of takeaway i don't take risks i don't take risks because the whole point of the takeaway is that it's got to be something enjoyable and it's comfort and i'm going to have this and i know what i'm having and it's something i really look forward to so i'm not very good at taking risks but it's always good when you're with someone else and they would say that you would normally order then that's you know always a opportunity so is your is your is your partner a risk taker or is he the same then are you, are you getting to taste other stuff because he's going you know what i'm going to try this yeah he probably would, he would eat anything i think absolutely anything so i wouldn't take risk but then he was the one who was suggesting that when I asked for certain curries, I say, can I have it with fresh chilli? So I'm not constantly being frustrated that it's not made with fresh chilli. So he was like, just ask for it. And I'm sure they'll just do it. And I was like, okay. So if you were ordering a takeaway on the phone, would you say, can I just say, can you make that with fresh chilli? Would you do that? Yeah, they do. No, I still feel uncomfortable doing it. I have done it. I've still got that awkward Englishness of just going, oh, no, I shouldn't really eat. Well, you mentioned earlier yellow bean sauce from a Chinese takeaway. My local Chinese takeaway, whenever I order that, they don't include the cashew nuts. So I have to ring up. Oh, it's such a lame conversation. Ooh. I go, hello, would you mind putting some cashew nuts on my yellow bean? I go, yeah, absolutely fine. I do that. And that feels mortifying, but I have to do it. I force myself to do it. Isn't it funny? We get so uncomfortable about just interacting. Yeah, absolutely. I feel so embarrassed. I always feel embarrassed as well if I because I will overorder because I get super excited and then I can't eat it all. I get super embarrassed about the fact that it's really obvious when I'm on my own and I order a takeaway because I effing love that. I love it when my husband and the kids are away. I've got a night in the house on my own and I can order a takeaway and eat it by myself. But then I feel really mortified when I answer the door that he's going to think, you've ordered quite a lot and you're clearly on your own. You could do the home alone thing where you've got a TV playing in the background and claim it's your husband. Sort of just some kind of recording or something. <laughs> just shout over my shout, yeah, just shout over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm just getting the take right in, in a minute. Yeah. What about you, Sim? Obviously, you don't have children. Do you still enjoy those moments when you have the flat to yourself because you live with your uh, wonderful girlfriend Hannah? But do you? It is quite an awkward thing to ask, to ask. But do you still enjoy the odd odd night to yourself in the flat? I do. I do enjoy it. And when I. When I'm alone and I've can all wet whatever it is that I want to order, my my problem is once I'm full, properly full, because there's like three stages of being full. There, there's okay, I probably had enough now. So my first stage is, is when you think there's not much food left, so I'm probably getting full. The second stage, I think, is if you close your eyes, you think, do I need any more food? No, you don't at all. And then I think the third stage for me is when there is literally nothing left to eat, so I have to be full. But I'm surrounded by just this debris. That's when the self-loathing starts. Absolutely. That's really tough. 
Because I don't know what to do then. That's when you push it to one side and you go into the kitchen and get yourself one of those massive bags of kettle crisps and go, I might as well just go. The ship's going down. I might as well just go down with it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Can I ask you guys, talk about eating alone. Is it weird? Sometimes if I eat on my own, I will sit at the table in the kitchen and just eat the food, enjoy the food and sort of stare in the middle distance. I just have a small glass of whiskey. Just on my own. I'm not watching anything on my iPhone. I'm not watching something on TV. I'm just simply sat there. No, I think that's really healthy. Is it? Okay, fine. fine. Apparently, that's the best way to eat, to actually be mindful of what you're eating. Because the reason why you overconsume when you're sat with a takeaway and watching TV is because you're not conscious of what you're eating. So you're not actually oh, allowing your body to tell you, I'm, I'm full now. So it's better to eat slowly and actually be conscious. So your mind hasn't caught up with the fact that you, you've already eaten 15 chicken balls. Yeah. I mean, I say this. Do I do it? No. Okay. No. I'm watching Real Housewives. I'm troughing my way through. Troughing. I love your kettle chips, Stigas, because that's totally right, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes, once you finish. Oh, couldn't eat any more. Couldn't eat any more. I open up a cupboard drawer and the bottle will be some loose digested biscuit. And I'll be like, all right. Might as well have that. <laughs> okay. Why than that? There's like an old pack of raisins. And you're like, yeah. Why, why, why am I towering down to this now? I don't know. What is that? Is it just an emptiness we can't fill? Yeah. Wow, guys. Now, you talk about bowls. That's that's quite unusual. I think we can accept that. Last week, we had uh, Jake Lambert on, a very funny comedian. Lovely man as well. And he talked about a weird food habit he has at home, which is actually bowl-related, which is he will have a five-layered cereal, probably out three or four times a week, but he will do five different types of cereal in a bowl, and that's his weird food snack. Do, do you have a weird food craving a strange thing that you go to quite regularly my strange go-to is i like to have sweet uh chili thai sensation crisps right. plain yogurt and then i dip them in the yogurt and eat them oh that sounds very nice actually so explain what that tastes like and why it's a good thing and not mad well because in lebanese food there's a lot of yogurt used with things like rice and bread so I think that when I was a student, I just suddenly was like, I don't know how to cook any of that stuff. How can I just get that instant carb yogurt thing? That's really interesting. I went out and bought the sweet chili crisps and I was just dipping them in yogurt and I was like, this is it. This is hitting it. So is it, with something like labneh, would that be a Lebanese or is it not really? That's Greek yogurt, really. That's just what we call Yeah. It's more Greek. Okay, right. Okay. So, so you grew up around a lot of Lebanese food. Is that what was cooked yeah. in your house then? Okay. We use like a lot of lemons and because I really missed that as well when I was a student, I started just eating lemons, like oranges. What do you mean? Just like lemons on their own? Yeah. As in you, you just peel them and just go for them? Yeah. So it then became the thing like with all my friends. So like you're an absolute psychopath. I've never seen anyone do that. And then my husband, my husband was just like, I can't get my head around the fact that you do that. And even my kids now, they're just like, oh God, yeah. So would you still do that? You, you peel a lemon and just eat the lemon? Yeah. I've got my lemon tree tattoo. Oh, well. Obsessed with lemons. I've got my own lemon tree in the garden and I'm growing lemons because it's been so warm. So I've managed to get a few lemons off the old lemon tree. Tell us about Lebanese food then. What are the sort of go-to dishes you think people should try? And what what is the... And can I just say also, Lebanese food is like some people's go-to takeaway. So you're, I feel like you're, you were very lucky having such uh, incredible cuisine so close to you. Yeah, because my dad is an amazing, he's like an incredible chef. I've never met anyone who can literally just put things together and he's just got away with food, which is incredible. I would say the things that you should definitely try 
if you like salads, things like tabbouleh, fetouche, where you have the salad, but it's mixed with fried pita bread. That's really nice. And pomegranate. Mm, lovely. Yeah. And then we used to have as well, like just fried pita bread to then have with like hummus and hummus um, with the meat on top, like the shawarma meat. Oh, love that. It's one of my favorite yeah. things. Baba ganoush as well. Would that be Lebanese? Baba ganoush. Yeah, a huge yeah. fan of baba ganoush. Yeah. So what what, what, would, what do you think is the perfect shawarma then? What, yes. If, if you have it, in, how, what's the Lebanese way of doing that? Because we had a chef called Behas on the show and he oh, yeah. was also very much into shawarma. So well, let's hear it from you. Anywhere that doesn't smother it in tahini and the yeah. tahini has to have proper amounts of lemon. I cannot bear tahini that it's just this kind of like sesame mixture with water without enough lemon. You've got a proper amounts of lemon and garlic. So the shawarma meat, Lamb meat, I'm not a big fan of the chicken, loads of tahini and proper amounts of gherkins, onion, tomato. Yes. Raw onion are you going for there? Yes. You've got to have raw onion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you having that in pitta? Are you having that in a wrap? It's like pitta, but it's a lot flatter and a lot bigger and it's wrapped in that. And the best people who do shawarma are Palestinians and Syrians, I personally think. I've always thought that Palestinians and Syrians make the best shawarma. Do you have any sort of red flags when it comes to ordering Lebanese food? What's the one thing you would think, oh, you shouldn't be doing that? Um, if you want shawarma and stuff, you really need to go and actually buy it so you can take the sandwich. You can't really transport that stuff because all the tahini just soaks into the bread and then it just becomes soggy. I don't mind a soggy bread. It's almost sort of sponged up all the, all the nice juices and the, and the flavours. Yeah. I'm sort of okay with that. But I do find that quite often with Lebanese food and with Turkish food in general, the, the pitta and the wrap can get quite stiff and cold Yeah, quite quickly if you don't eat hot and fresh off the counter. Yeah, I remember once we went somewhere, me and my dad, we were just like walking back from an appointment and it said shawarma. And yeah. so we were like, oh, we'll just go get a shawarma. And it was panini. So they put the stuff but in panini bread. Oh, no. Oh, I've never seen such rage because we were so hungry. Well, you touch on there walking home grabbing food let's let's move from the fantastic cuisine of, of lebanon and into the area of 3 a.m drunken guilty pleasures okay yes the, we're not talking highbrow cuisine here you want to soak up the alcohol what are you going for at 3 a.m what is your guilty pleasure i would be at mcdonald's okay great oh yes so talk us through your 3 a.m mcdonald's order big mac because that's with cheese and it's double. Yeah. Large fries and a Coke Zero and curry sauce. It's a good one on the curry sauce. It's great. Are you dipping the burger in the curry sauce? No, the fries. Okay, so the burger is curry sauce free. The burger is curry sauce free. I'm literally, I woof back, trough the burger, then crack on with the fries. That's interesting that you, you, you have the burger and then the fries because we've got I can't describe to you how many emails we've had in the last two weeks from people really... The big old debate. Quite sort of strong, strong opinions on what order you should eat things, basically, with burger and fries. Oh, really? Generally, people feel you want to have the fries because the burger will retain its heat for longer, so you have the fries quicker. Uh, you get the burger done first and then have the fries. I do, because I, the burger's the main event, I think. I just get straight into it. Okay. Sex before foreplay. Foreplay after. <laughs> And with that, are you having the curry? Are you dipping it in the curry sauce or? Yeah, bothered <laughs> in the stuff. Just so, mackerel, tin just... mackerel everywhere. <laughs> so you're not you're not worried about having a cold fry? No, not at all. I quite like a cold chip. Okay. And are you eating this in the McDonald's? Are you stopping in McDonald's and getting one of the little tables? Maybe one of the screens where you can play a little game. No, I'm disgusting. 
What are you doing? I'm eating it. I'm eating it on the tube. I'm eating it. It's so bad, isn't it? It's really bad. I feel ashamed. Do are you eating as you walk as well? Eat as I walk. I can't do that. Did you just say you, you would eat on the tube? I wouldn't eat the burger on the tube, but I would eat the fries on the tube. That feels more acceptable. That does that feel more acceptable. more acceptable. So in that scenario, you will have the fries first. No, I would probably sit on the platform and eat the burger and then go on the tube. God, you are committing to it. Yeah, because the burger is the thing that I'll be really craving. I'll tell you the little bit of admin that was stressing me about eating on the tube is getting your little curry sauce dip out and balancing that on your knee precariously. <laughs> that feels like quite stressful. <laughs> and what's the etiquette of asking the person who sat next to you, let's say they're a stranger, to hold your little curry sauce? Would you mind holding this while I just, because otherwise it's going to be a disaster. I don't know what the rules are on that. Travelling home on your own as a woman, I think it's really, you know, you want to start conversations with other drunks on the tube. 100%. Can you have my curry sauce? No, I'm eyes down, facing bag. It's like a horse nose bag. Do you know what? Queen, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I wouldn't ask the person next to me. I'd ask the yeah. person in front of me to hold the curry sauce and then they would have to lean forward <laughs> so I can put it in the dip. Just get everyone involved in it. Yeah, so if, if, if that person in front of me is holding the curry sauce, the person to my left is for maybe holding the burger, the person to my right okay, is nice. holding the bag and I've got the chips. Your large fanta. <laughs> Where you're slurping from. Yeah. My large cherry Coca-Cola. Oh, would you like a cherry Coke? No, I don't. But it's the only place you can get these weird, weird flavours of Coke. The first time I ever went on the tube, when I was 17, I was visiting London with friends. I was so nervous. On the journey, I ate my ticket. And uh, it was just, I have a thing, I nibble when I'm nervous, and I ate my ticket. And I had to go and explain to the people at the other Craig, end. And that, Craig, they that just didn't such, believe me. It was so, it was just tragic. I was such Only a... you would eat the ticket. And that feels genuinely like the plot of a children's book. The boy ate his ticket. I'd in little tiny bits I was just chewing on it nervously and by the time I got to Liverpool Street wherever the whole thing had been had been swallowed and then I had to go into the, one of those little rooms with the ticket guys who were kind of quite angry at me they did actually let me through in the end I think it was the fact that it seemed so ridiculous and they eventually believed me so I, I saw I have eaten on the train but just not food I've just eaten <laughs> <laughs> I love that I somehow I feel a lot lot less judged about uh, eating chips on the tube if you're going to be sitting there troughing your own ticket as look one of our sort of final questions as you wrap up was do you have any takeaway disasters things that have gone completely wrong that you've regretted that you wish it never had happened i do remember being in cairo with family so they all lived there and they all like knew the restaurants and the takeaways and the rest of it and when someone said takeaway i did automatically assume it would be something you know that i'm used to eating it would be something that we would normally eat together as a family and then when they unwrapped it it was pigeon what oh that sounds like a mafia threat well they've sent you pigeon wrapped pigeon and that's something that they eat. and they were all like you're absolutely missing out it's so delicious and i was just like i don't know whether it's because of london pigeons yeah it, it might be the london i've never seen a london pigeon walk past i've never licked my lips after that yeah <laughs> so <laughs> The tummy started rumbling. We've just been so conditioned to think of pigeon as like rat. When you described that, I just imagined the paper opening and there was just a pigeon in there. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of imagining a, a road carcass. Its head just popped out. Yeah, its head just popped out the bottom. Yeah, exactly. What have they done to it? Grilled it? Have they peeking ducked it? What have they done, what have they done to it? It kind of looked like, you know, when you get those little like rotisserie hens, but the small, the like corn hens. Okay. So it looked like that. Like it looked like it'd been marinated in spices and rotis and done rotisserie style, but I just because it was pigeon, it was just like nah, 
can't do it. That's you didn't at all. You didn't eat, didn't try anything. No, because I just okay. Pictured into me. Oh, it's like someone going, "What? You don't want any of this gerbil? No, I don't. That's <laughs> I'm all right actually." And what about sort of grumble with takeaways? There are, are there things that annoy you about takeaways? Things you think they should change? I think the packaging annoys me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why we suddenly now have plastic packaging because you feel like you can't throw it and it feels like it shouldn't go in the recycling so you end up keeping it but shouldn't there be some kind of system where i can send those takeaway boxes back to the restaurant yes. and they can reuse that i just feel like why are we getting tupperware it's a good point it's sort of festivals now if you return your plastic pint glass you get exactly. 25p off your next beer yeah maybe there's some kind of system where you return the tupperware you get 40p off your chicken balls or whatever to be i just don't know what was wrong with the old Ireland cardboard method yeah. I can't remember when we used to get stuff delivered in foil and cardboard. <laughs> the foil container and the cardboard at the top. No, I know that one. That's definitely my favourite. That's my favourite. That feels nostalgic to me, that. The, the foil and the cardboard from a Chinese takeaway. I love that. One of them came in it tonight. I think it was the spinach. I know the rice came in it because it was dry. So I think they use it because it doesn't have spillage. That's why they use yes. the plastic. Just feel a bit wasteful, doesn't it? It feels a bit much. If you if we were to open your fridge right now, everything's everything tupperware up. Everything. Everything. You go into the kids' bedrooms, everything's tupperware up. Everything's there. They're like, Mum, can I have drawers? No, you've got your knickers stored in old takeaway boxes. That is the sort of thing Marie Kondo would suggest, actually, isn't it? It's kind of it's a really sort of neat way of organising all your stuff. Labeled Tupperware with a pair of pants in each. Not a bad idea. Not a terrible idea. There might be something in that. Before we, we end, would you like to have a quick bite of each of the things in your meal, which I'm aware has been sat there and going cold? No, I've been nibbling on it. So I've got my prawn madras yeah. and pilau rice. I love a bit of that. Give that a go. Mm. Do you know what I like as well? Is that they don't use the little prawns. Oh, yeah. No, big prawns. King prawns. You've got to have king prawns. Yeah. That's so true. Mm. The little prawns in a curry are rubbish. Unless there's loads of them. Yeah, then it's good. If there's loads of little ones, Simran, you do what I do and mush them all together to make one mega prawn. Yeah, big yeah. time. A big time. Turbo, mega prawn. <laughs> mega prawn. Okay, so, so, so it's a, a nice a nice sort of level of spice. You're enjoying that? It's a, it's a decent dish? Yeah. Is it enough spice for you or do you need, is, is, is it only the eight or nine chilies? Do you know what? It's a good level of spice. It's got the zing. I can taste the chilli. And I like the fact that the cardinal pods are in there as well. I like that. Oh, that's good stuff. I once went for a curry with Susie Ruffold. I don't even know Susie. She's a fantastic comedian. Yeah, I know. And the waiter went past and I did... That sign, which is kind of, I don't know how you describe that, the thumb touching the first finger. Chef kiss. And said to him, yeah, just the right amount of spice. And she thought it was the lamest thing anyone's ever said in a restaurant and constantly messages me, just the right amount of spice. And it's just tragic. I was trying to be complimentary. Just the right amount of spice. But apparently that's tragic. Because for me, Tom... I think it's quite a nice thing to say. For me, that'd be like, well, you've not got the right amount of spice in that, have you? If this, if this guy is here saying it's just the right amount of spice, then you've you've misjudged the amount of spice. I think I'd also order something really bland as well. You're there with your with your chicken korma going, oh, <laughs> yeah, you've just ordered, you just ordered a plain rice there, mate. I think you're... Yeah. That's nice with the chef, chef kiss. That's a zero for zero yeah. spice, which is just the right amount of spice. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the. What's the side dish you got? Did you get a spinach? Is that right? Uh, I got a spinach sagaloo. Rating it? Really rating it. I love spinach. Oh, I love spinach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever get sag paneer? Yeah, I like paneer. Huge fan of sag paneer. I don't often get sag paneer, but I would get a paneer curry. Yeah. No, sag paneer is amazing. It's underrated. Underrated cheese it is. Yeah, it is. Very underrated cheese. It is. It's a very underrated cheese. Yeah. yeah. I haven't said it enough. 
I haven't said it enough. <laughs> I haven't said enough. I everyone likes all this cheddar and this rock fort, gorgonzola. No thanks. Paneer for me all the way. It's a good alternative. Paneer and crackers. That's how I like having it. <laughs> and finally, well, you mentioned crackers there, the the, the, the poppadoms. Have you got dips with them? Did you get anything with that? Or are you just having a dry poppadom? What are we looking at there? I put the curry on the poppadom. Oh, yes, please. That's nice. A little, sco- a little scoopy in. Yeah. Yeah, a little scoopy in. Yeah. I didn't order any poppadoms because I like to make my own. Really? Yeah. Well, from scratch. In the microwave. No, from scratch, you just buy oh, right. the... Um... Yeah. You have your start at three in the afternoon, you're getting behind yeah. the oven before your curry gets there. Okay, not from scratch. You know the ones you can just dunk in oil? Because they're always bigger. Yeah. They're great. And they feel hot and fresh. Yeah, they do. And with, with the mango chutney and a mint sauce, what are you dipping that into? Or you're just you're just having that in the curry? I'm... I've got the mint sauce and I have it with the, the curry, but also a bit of lime pickle. Chunky lime pickle. Oh, very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chunky yeah. lime pickle. That's very nice. I had the horror about a, about a week ago of ordering a curry, assuming we had mango chutney in the fridge and there being no mango chutney, which I think is probably the one one of the worst things anyone could experience in life. I think mango chutney is better overrated. I think it's too sweet. What? You're not a fan of mango chutney? It's too sweet, brother. It's too sweet. Do you know what no. I like, though? You know the um, like powdery coconut that you get in some Indian restaurants? Yeah, big fan. Big fan of that. Not there enough. Along with paneer. Underrated. We should... Underrated, exactly. Well, <laughs> start up a coconut powder and paneer restaurant. So remind us where the food is from. Mohabir in South Woodford. And you would recommend them to anyone listening, would you? I would recommend them to anyone listening, and I'd recommend them to give me free food. You heard her. Well, we will add them. We will add them into the Instagram post. So hopefully, you will hear from them. And that has happened to other guests in the past. <laughs> James Acaster went into his restaurant and got a free wheel. After I went on James Acaster's yeah. podcast and said I like a prosecco, I got sent a crate of prosecco. Well, there you go. Didn't come out of my room for a week. I've always been a massive <laughs> fan of Mercedes. Actually, <laughs> I quite like going to the Caribbean. I'm a yeah. huge fan of four-bedroom townhouses in in North London. Actually. Simran, I just, I'm just a big fan of cash. Just cash. Just, just, hard, just cold, hard, hard, cold, hard cash. cash. Yeah, we'll be fine. Or Bitcoin. You know, we're not getting any of that. We're all getting a block of paneer each. And you know what? I'd take it. I'd take it. Uh, Esther, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. A real joy chatting to you. And I'm aware that the, the food has gone colder and colder. You haven't eaten too much of it. So we will let you eat your, your curry now. But thank you so much for spending the last uh, hour with us. And it's been a joy chatting. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can contact 
about the show on Twitter at Fave Takeaway Pod or Instagram on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast. You can email us with your stories of takeaway, woe, gripes, your worries on hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com. That was the fantastic Estimanito there. Uh, what an absolute joy to talk to. Thoughts on her views with plates, Simran? You know what? I actually can't think about the plates and bowls stuff anymore. And what I'm thinking about is you as a teenager eating your whole little ticket because you were so nervous on the train. And that is just adorable. And I, I couldn't think of anything more adorable than you nibbling away at your travel parcel, whatever it was. It couldn't happen now because I now pay with my phone. So the idea of me getting so nervous I try and eat an iPhone feels, <laughs> even for me, would be a struggle. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and all the wonderful emails you send us and all the support you give the show. But it has such an impact on the show if you could leave us a review, a five-star review, a little write-up as to why you enjoy the show. I can't say how much of an impact it will have on the show. So if you do enjoy the show and you are a regular listener, please do pop on and leave us a review because it just helps spread the word and has such an impact. We will be back next week with another brilliant guest. And I am now, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to have I'm going to have some food sitting around. What you're going to do is leave us a five-star review because you need to bloody well do that. You're not done it yourself. I can't start leaving us reviews. But if, it, if that was acceptable, <laughs> then I would do that. Absolutely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 